Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code OLDLINE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code OLDLINE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please play responsibly. For help, visit MDGamblingHelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Here we go! Listening to the Emerald Flow Show on the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. Welcome to episode 19 of the Emerald Flow Show. We're part of the Voices of Wrestling Podcasting Network. You can follow us on Twitter at Emerald Flow Show, and we are available on all major podcasting apps. Uh, if you are on Apple Podcasts, leave us a five-star review. And if you're feeling really generous, you can go to VoicesOfWrestling.com slash donate and donate to the show. Uh, I'm Gerard Detroit here with Paul Vosh. How are you doing, Paul? I'm doing fine. I'm actually looking forward to going to Ireland on Saturday, which is where I'm actually going to be joining you for the next episode. Oh, really? So, okay. Is yeah, I'm any... going to be there for two whole weeks. <laughs> is there any wrestling in Ireland while you're there? Unfortunately not. Uh, so I actually talked to Lee, uh, host of the Days of Thunder on the award-winning uh, Voice of Wrestling podcasting network, uh, and he said actually that there is a, a there is a show kind of the day that I'm leaving. So oh, okay, yeah. So um, before we start, Paul, I have a question for you. Uh, who do you think is more unprofessional, 
uh, Jake Lee or CM Punk? Um, well, as far as I know, Jake Lee didn't bite anyone or throw a chair at anyone or knock anyone out in the All Japan locker room. So I think it's very easy to say it's going to be CM Punk. Well, let's see if uh, Jake has anything else to say about the G1. Maybe he can shoot back up the rankings. I mean, maybe if he, like, he finally like meets up with Tanahashi in person and he just immediately starts throwing punches. I think in that case, we can definitely say he's like on that same level. But here's the other thing. Do you actually think Jake Lee would throw punches? Uh, well, I mean, he's got MMA training, much like a certain uh, Phil Brooks. Oh, okay. That's, I, oh, yeah, that's true. He, he did try to go into MMA. MMA. I mean, they're probably about as, like, on the same level as fighters, right? Like, I don't think Jake would be like a good fighter. Wait, did he actually have any professional fights? Uh, I can't remember. But I think I mean, he, he could... definitely wouldn't make it to the UFC. So. No, or even like deeper, one of the bigger MMA companies in Japan. Let's see, does he have a pro fight DB? Uh... I mean, it's no, I it shouldn't be too anything. hard to be more successful in MMA than CM Punk, considering Jake, you know, was still pretty young when he entered in it and everything. <laughs> Maybe. I mean. You would say, but I mean, he look, he made it to UFC, so. Yeah. We don't really know what CM Punk's actual MMA record would be because he just went straight to like fighting like the best MMA fighters in the world. Like we don't actually know what he would look like against just like an average fighter in like a lower league, which is obviously where he's like realistically, like if he wasn't CM Punk is where he would have fought like because we had people like Batista, for example, fought like a complete bum or whatever in MMA, but he beat him. So I would assume maybe that Punk could beat someone like that. And I would and assume maybe Lashley like had Lay quite a few wins in like MMA that. too, didn't he? Lashley, yeah, yeah, but Lashley actually fought in like Bellator. Like oh, Lashley right. fought in an actual professional league. So Lashley is actually a generally good fighter. So we know that much, but here's the thing. Okay, who do you think would be better? Who Who's a better fighter, Kendo Kashin or Jake Lee? Ooh, that's a good question. But wasn't Kashin's win over one of the Gracies, or one of the lesser Gracies, I should say, like a sort of like a banana peel thing? <laughs> yes. Look, New Japan made him the top junior in their promotion because, like, the Gracies leg gave out what because he was kicking Kashin's ass so hard. And he was literally kicking him and then ripped his leg apart, and that's how Kashin won. This is a trend among successful quote-unquote successful pro wrestlers who do MMA. They get these big banana peel wins. Yeah. it's. I mean, to be fair, Fujita was actually a generally good fighter, but again, his win against Shamrock was because his corner, Shamrock's corner stopped the fight because Shamrock was about to have a heart attack because he just kept on beating on Fujita. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, no, but... Yeah, I, I mean, I think it's very easy to say that Fujita is a better fighter than any of them. I oh, for sure. Also, feel confident say that Fujita would absolutely beat Punk's ass very easily. <laughs> yes, definitely. Well, maybe uh, Tony Khan will have to borrow Fujita to uh, keep the locker room in line. That would actually be hilarious, and I also think he would very much be able of doing that. I actually would love to see like Fujita just like. I, I think he could probably single-handedly fight like Punk, A Steel. Uh, the Bucks and Kenny Omega at the same time and probably win. <laughs> yes, definitely. And before we get to uh, the 
top main topics this week. Unfortunately, we got some really sad news on a number of fronts. First of all, just uh, feel so bad about this. Just best wishing, wishes to Joe Doring and his family. He's stepping away from wrestling again because his brain cancer has returned. He originally had it in 2016 and made it back into the ring in, within like a year, which was really, truly impressive. And I know he's got a family with some young kids. And he was scheduled to face Jake Lee at the Budokan. So just so sad. And best wishes to Joe. Yeah, absolutely. Best wishes to Joe. Uh, I'm confident that he's like he's beaten it before. So I hope, I, like I think he's gonna beat it again. Like it just seems that kind of person that like just refuses to give up. And that's always really helpful. And if he gets like the right medical care and everything as well, like I think he can beat it again. Um, I think. Impact is is it Impact or is it Scott Demore himself that is like like all of the proceeds of like Joe's shirts like go to his medical bills right now? Um, I don't know that actually. Yeah, I think I saw like a tweet like that where I think Scott Demore talked about it. So yeah, if you want to look that up, like I think it, you can find it somewhere on like Scott Demore's like Twitter profile where he talks about like. Like I don't remember who's selling the shirt, but like the it's a Joe Doring shirt, and all the proceeds go to uh, Joe's medical bills, basically. Mm-hmm. And then also, uh, Genichiro Tenru uh, was hospitalized. Uh, from my understanding of the translation, that there was a ma- very major spinal issue, although that got stabilized, and I believe he is still in the hospital though. And he's had a number of health problems over the past uh, couple of years. And his wife uh, passed away earlier this year, I believe. So, again, best wishes to him. Yeah, I definitely got, like, massive Misawa flashbacks when I saw kind of the outline of the injury, basically. Because it did, actually did sound kind of similar. Where yeah, it's it basically like, spinal cord wear and tear. Yeah, yeah, where it's, like... Basically, like you just take one, one like wrong fall, basically, and like you just die, which is basically. I mean, that's what happened to Misawa. Yeah. Where he just like his spinal cord just disconnected, which is really scary. So I hope that whatever was there, whatever damage was there, was like stabilized, and they put something in that basically he won't just like die by like sitting down wrong. Yeah. And finally, uh, Ren Ayabe is off of all Japan, all the All Japan shows in September uh, with a collapsed lung. Uh, I know, don't like tall, lanky people often get collapsed lungs, I believe. That's like a thing that happens. It can definitely happen. It's also something that, for example, happens when you get a rib injury. Mm. That can happen too. It's, I know that happened to Drew Brees, the uh, football player. Uh, a few years back where he got like a rib injury during a game and then also had a collapsed lung because of that so yeah I think he'll probably be fine like it's it de- it's definitely a thing that sounds really scary and can be really scary uh, depending on where it happens but I think in this case he's going to be fine yeah he's probably got this. like medical attention and everything yeah, yeah so. he's in the hospital and everything so he'll be fine yeah but yeah, I don't, I don't know. Really, like, Drew Brees was on the field relatively quickly again after that. So I would actually expect Ayabe to be back relatively quickly. Like, he's also still young as well. So. Yeah. 
Okay, so we move on to a pro wrestling Noah and their N1 victory. Uh, we got the final three shows here. So the sort of uh, night uh, seven was on August 27th at Nagoya International Conference Hall, and they drew about 559 fans, which I don't think that's that good in that building. 559? No, it's. I think it's also down from what they drew there previously. Um, but yeah, it's not a super great number. I don't think, like, I think they've actually drawn worse there, though. Like, I think they actually had a show where they drew like 450 people, something like that. So it is actually up from that, but there's definitely still like room to grow as well. Definitely. So in the first N1 uh, victory match of the show, Keno defeated Anthony Green in 9 minutes and 35 seconds. Uh, didn't have much to say about this, and we'll sort of go over, like, how everybody performed later, but, like, you know, I thought it was a perfectly good little match from the both of them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, this was solid. Uh, yeah, I thought this was just solid, was fine, not really, not very memorable, though. Uh, um, in the next block B, Masa Kidamiya defeated Kenya Okada in 6 minutes 9 seconds with a stretch muffler hold. Uh, I thought this was actually pretty good, just a little too short. And I always love a match that ends in a stretch muffler. Yeah. I thought, like again, Kidamiya continues his hot streak in this tournament. Like, I think now that the whole tournament is through, like I think looking back at it now, I think he really is my MVP for the whole tournament. Because he just had really good matches up and down the card, but yeah, no, this was solid, and uh, unfortunately, Kenya's kind of <laughs> last full match in the tournament, but we'll get to that later. Uh, and then in A block, Hideki Suzuki defeated Hio de Dr. Wagner Jr. in 12 minutes and 46 seconds with a European clutch. It was fine, like nothing spectacular. But yeah, this like was I... basically every Wagner match in the tournament. Yeah. Some of, like, I just felt like, it almost felt like Hideki was going through the motions with the mat work early on, too. Yeah. Like, he was not certainly um, trying his hardest there. And then in B-Block, Masakatsu Funaki defeated Jack Morris in 8 minutes and 44 seconds with the Hybrid Blaster. I thought these guys sort of meshed pretty well, all things considered. Yeah. I mean, Jack Morris kind of continues his streak, having, like, instant chemistry with guys. So, And he definitely dragged, like, a better match out of Funaki than other people have in a tournament. So For sure. Good job out of him there. And then um, in A block, Kazuyuki Fujita defeated Misaki Mochizuki in 8 minutes and 43 seconds with a face kick. Uh, I mean, it was sort of good while it lasted, but poor Mochizuki made to look like a chump yet again in the tournament with, you know, Fujita just pinning him with like a foot on his chest or kneeling on him. It was actually interesting again, yeah, how the way Mochizuki was booked in this tournament, especially because as we now know, or as we're going to talk about later, like the Dragon Gate and Noah relationship is only going to grow, so I would expect Mochizuki to still be in Noah going forward, but yeah, he just really kind of got just lost against everyone, basically. Mm -hmm. Although it wouldn't surprise me if Mochizuki specifically, even though they're going to continue to work together, sort of gets downcycled out of Noah, though, in favor of like the other guys or other guys. I mean, to be fair, because the relationship is mainly between like the Noah Juniors and Dragon Gate... And Mochizuki is like the only one that is classified as a heavyweight, basically, out of the people that have come in from Dragon Gate. Mm-hmm. That's true. 
And then next up in B block, Kaito Kiyomiya defeated Takashi Sugera in 19 minutes and 30 seconds with a Shining Wizard. It was good, although it still felt like it was lacking something, sort of like some of the other Sugera uh, matches this tournament. Like, they're good, but they just sort of didn't have that sort of spark. And then it, and this set featured yet another <laughs> Shining Wizard spam ending from Kiyomiya, which I will talk about more later. Yeah, I think we're gonna definitely going to have some talking about that specific aspect of Kiyomiya's game right now. Uh, yeah, like I said, it kind of continues the streak of disappointing Sigura matches. Basically all I can say on this. And then in A block, Go Shiozaki defeated Masato Tanaka in 15 minutes and 54 seconds with a go on Lariat. Um, yep, this was pretty good. Not quite saying it was great, but another good performance from both men. Uh, Tanaka still using lots of mat wrestling in this tournament, even against like guys that you don't think of as you know mat wrestlers, which is sort of cool to see. And I really dug the strike battle um, towards the end of the match. So yeah, still like definitely a, in the upper tier of matches this tournament, although not quite the the highest tier. Yeah, it's, for me the problem is with the Tanaka mat work is that he's not very good at it. <laughs> so like yeah, it's interesting to see that he's kind of mixing it up, but I also don't think it's really his strong suit. So, but I definitely like kind of the the closing stretch of the match was really good. And now in B block, let's take a trip back to 2006 All Japan, <laughs> where Kazuhiko Nakajima defeated Satoshi Kojima in 24 minutes and 44 seconds with the vertical spike. Um, this is Nakajima's first ever singles victory over Kojima, actually. Uh, so that's sort of a historic moment. Uh, I think this was pretty good. Um, but I thought the last few minutes didn't feel particularly dramatic and Nakajima sort of um, was too dominant. And I sort of thought either Nakajima's going to win or like Kojima's going to get hit a lariat out of nowhere and win. Yeah, I was definitely surprised by the match structure here. Uh, as you said, Nakajima was just incredibly dominant and I was just waiting for the Kojima comeback and win because it was just... And then it never really came. It's Nakajima just beat him, basically. With, like, especially considering who these two are, like, it, I mean, it's interesting that they went with that match structure, but I also feel like it would have been better if it had been more of a back and forth rather than just Nakajima beating Kojima's ass for like 25 minutes. I guess you could see it as like a story of, oh, Nakajima has finally grown up and is not like the, you know, teenager anymore type thing, I guess. Well, I mean... <laughs> well, yeah, okay. <laughs> Given what happens on the next show, I don't really think we can say that Nakajima has grown up. Well, he, he has, his age has increased, I suppose. Yes. Um, so that is all in the Nagoya show. So we move on to August 28th at Cults Kawasaki. Uh, 825 fans. I think that's sort of decent. I don't think this yep. venue sort of holds... I think it might even hold a thousand max if even that. Yeah, I actually tried to find like shows, and, and they actually weren't. They were less than I thought they were in there. But uh, no, this was actually kind of in line with uh, what other promotions have drawn here. So that was a solid number. Yeah. So in the first and one match of the show in A Block, Misaki Mochizuki defeated Anthony Green in nine minutes and forty-six seconds when he sort of did a cutback uh, cradle. Um, I thought this was. Green's actually best match of the tournament. Uh, yeah, no, enough. I thought this was really good. It's it's interesting though that all of these green matches have been incredibly short. 
Yes. Not, not incredibly, but like comparatively short because how many of them went even like above 10 minutes? Not many. Do you think they're still going to keep him as a junior? That's why maybe? Maybe because, I mean, that's basically what he, the way he talked about it because he cut that promo on Hayata and then was announced for the N1 the next day. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, he's he's like, I know he's like yeah. a skinny guy, but he's 6'2". Like, he just looks so out of place against the other Noah Juniors. Because the Noah Juniors are small, some of them. Yeah. I mean, I guess, how tall is Kotoge? 5'9", five, 5'10". Five, so, yeah, so he would be even taller than him. Yeah, that would be kind of weird to keep him as a junior, but the way they've booked him here, like, yeah, as I said, like, it's not quite clear if they're actually going to make him, if they're actually going to make him uh, a heavyweight going forward. Mm-hmm. And then in the ma- next match in B Block, Jack Morris defeated Masakid Amiya in 11 minutes with a shooting star press. Uh, I thought this was another good match. These guys have both been highlights of the tournament for me. But uh, Morris almost Brock Lesnared himself on that shooting star press. It didn't look quite as bad as Brock's at WrestleMania 19, but it was close. Yeah, no, that, w- that was definitely uh, not great. So hopefully, either he like gets to show off that he can like do it properly. Like, hopefully, he gets another chance to show off that he can do it properly uh, because this was definitely one of the few missteps that he had in a tournament. But I think other than the finish, the match was really good, though. Yeah. It's... Yeah, it seems like y- you need to, like, if you're doing these sort of high-risk moves, you need to do them often because when you pull them out once in a while, <laughs> you're more likely to botch them. Yeah. Because, like, didn't people say that, like, Lesnar wasn't just, like, doing shooting star presses and training? Like, he was oh, actually I w- doing, like, I watched, 450s like... or whatever? I I watched videos of him in like dark matches before he on um, like SmackDown before he debuted on the main roster doing shooting star presses and they looked effortless. Yeah. So I think, I mean, to be fair, he didn't really get that many chances to show it off because he didn't win that. Well, he actually won a fair decent amount of matches. But yeah, it's definitely a thing where like you need to do him regularly to do him well. So that's probably something that he needs to do. But I think these two were like really kind of the standouts for uh, for the B block for me, which is interesting given that's really not what I expected when I looked at the lineup of like B block originally. Oh, for sure. That these well, two would be coming out of it as like basically the best performers of the block and of the whole tournament in a way. Yeah, and then we go to A block where Hio Dr. Wagner Jr. defeated Masato Tanaka in 11 minutes and 37 seconds with the Wagner driver. I would say actually. Another, like, mid-match from Wagner. I mean, it was good, but, again, nothing spectacular. No, yeah. It was yet another Dr. Wagner Jr. match. And then we go to uh, B-Block. Masakatsu Funaki defeated Takashi Sugera in 57 seconds with the Dujime sleeper hold. I mean, they hit each other really hard in the 57 seconds that this match lasted. (laughs) No, I actually loved it. Uh, I actually had to go back and watch it because I actually just like I think I went to like the kitchen to get myself a glass of water and then I all because I was like okay the match is starting off let's just quickly get a glass of water and then I hear the like the ring bell for the end of the match and I was like what what happened here so I had to like go back and look at it again I was like were oh, you wow, like oh, did somebody knock somebody out <laughs> yeah I, I like I was genuinely confused what just happened and uh, 
Well, I mean, <laughs> knocking someone out, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe maybe that will happen as well. It's actually unfortunate because actually I think this match kind of got overshadowed by by that other match because of that. Yeah. So, but I definitely love the finish of this one more because you know it was actually intended. So at this point in the show, there was a captain's fall match that was Hayata, Yoshinari, Ogawa, Yuya, Susumu, and Kai Fujimura versus uh, Nosawa, Rongai, Eita, Kotaro, Suzuki, and Super Crazy. But that went to a no contest in 8 minutes and 40 seconds because Chris Ridgway interfered. And he's back, as we'll talk about. So yeah. that was cool and good to yeah. know and see. Yeah, no, that was really cool to see. And also a but great way to why like, did they bring go to back. The... Why did they go to the trouble of announcing this as a captain's fall match if they were just going to have a no contest? <laughs> because, uh, yeah, I don't know. Because Nosawa likes his, like, captain's fall. Like, he likes his wacky stipulations, yeah. basically. And then we had, uh, in A block, Hideki Suzuki defeated Go Shiozaki in 15 minutes and 13 seconds with a double arm suplex. I still thought this was pretty good. I even thought that they could have gone a few more minutes. Although, I have in my notes here, did you think Suzuki ate up Shiozaki at some points in this? Yeah, that's kind of what it felt like for me, and that's why I thought Shiozaki was winning this match. But then Suzuki just beat him. <laughs> and yeah. at this point, I kind of had the math crossed in my head, basically, where I thought that Fujita was going to win the block, but at this point, he was eliminated, basically. Mm -hmm. Like at this point, it was actually like just Suzuki and Keno were the only people that could win the block. So yep. when Fujita later won, beat Keno, I actually thought Fujita had won the block until he like bowed to Suzuki and became clear that Suzuki had actually won the block. <laughs> and then next up, uh, we'll have a lot to say. Uh, in B block, Katsuhiko Nakajima defeated Kenya Okada uh, by referee stop after he uh, hit a PK right to Okada's jaw and broke it. And, uh, you know, I mean, look, I, this was obviously an accident, uh, again, um, because, you know, Nakajima, like, realized what's happened and just like, hey, are you okay type thing. But uh, not a good look, though, <laughs> for this to happen again. No, and yes, it was an accident. But again, these accidents only seem to happen to him. Like, that's the thing. Like, he's work. I love wrestlers that work stiff. Like, I think that's great in general, but this doesn't have, like, Keno works stiff, and this doesn't, this kind of stuff doesn't happen to Keno, right? Yeah. So, like, Shibata works stiff, and this kind of stuff doesn't work, doesn't happen to Shibata. So, but it keeps Even happening the, to Nakajima. A lot of people in this company, including some grizzled veterans with some questionable reputations, still haven't knocked out people. Yeah. So, again, it's an accident, but if it's an accident that just keep on happening to the same person, then maybe that person needs to kind of, like, adjust their style a little bit or needs to, like, change something to make it less likely for these kind of accidents to happen. Yeah. Like, and maybe then there was... don't go... F like, you can still give a stiff, like, running kick to the guy's chest, but it doesn't need to be delivered at a velocity that if it goes awry, it breaks the guy's jaw. Now, to be fair, Okada did blow a uh, O'Connor roll like yes, seconds before. So it's possible that he wasn't in position or whatever. But I don't know. I felt like Nakajima still had like 
he he took a couple of steps before he unleashed that kick. Yeah. And again, just like just based off of you, like just because you blow an O'Connor roll shouldn't result in you getting your jaw broken. Yeah. Like even if it's an accident. Like it's like just because you screw up like a very basic move that like because otherwise there's really no way to break your jaw on that. The only way you can break your jaw on that is if the other guy just kicks you in the face, which is what happened yeah. here. So yes, it is an accident, but I'm still like this also like now now Nakajima also has a reputation. Yeah. This is the third time in two months, basically. Yeah, the Katoge. Yeah. Yeah. Well when was that presser with the Katoge slap? Like that was right before uh Cyber Fight Cyber Festival. Fight. Yeah. So basically like that because that's why I wasn't that's why I thought at first that the slap to uh to Endo was actually supposed to be a part of the match. Like that's why I didn't right. realize that. That's why it took me a while to realize that actually no, he had actually knocked him out, simply because he actually did knock Kotoge down like at the presser just before the show. So that was back to back basically the Kotoge slap and the Endo slap, and nothing really happened since then. And now this, but again, like it's still within relatively quick succession. And I am pretty convinced that Okada was winning here. Yeah, because. By winning this, Nakajima knocked out um, Kojima. Yeah. It, and yeah, yeah, yeah. It so, took the, it took kind of the it took kind of the the suspense out of the main event essentially. So basically, Kojima could only act as a spoiler against Kiyomiya, but couldn't go through because Nakajima yeah. had the tiebreaker. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously now that Kaito won and everything, like, like Nakajima got lucky here that he didn't fuck over like the intended finish. Yes. Because what were they going to do if they actually wanted Kojima to move on here? Yeah. So sure. that that was lucky that like Kaito always was the plan so that he didn't fuck anything up here. I mean, besides obviously breaking his fucking like like breaking his opponent's jaw. But he didn't fuck up any other plans there. So, but yeah, I don't know. To me, this is really kind of it's yeah, it's just he needs to change something, basically. Yeah, and I guess we'll talk about Nakajima a little more later in an, in an upcoming match that was announced, and we can see if think if uh, that is connected to this in any way. I don't uh, think so because that's a massive main event. That's not something yeah. you do as a punishment. Yeah, but he well, spoiler. Yeah, I guess spoiler alert to what we'll talk about later. He's doing the job in that match, though. Yeah, he is, but he's still in the main event. Yeah, I guess. Um, and then we go to a block where Kazuyuki Fujita defeated Keno in 19 minutes and four seconds with a power bomb. And that knocked Keno out of the tournament. Um, I was very disappointed in this. I think this was actually one of the worst matches in the tournament. Like, I don't know. I was expecting a lot more from these two and was, maybe that was what it was. And I was just disappointed. I don't think it was that bad, but it definitely underwhelmed my expectations. Um, I hope, because obviously now that Fujita beat Keno, like he's, I mean, is he going to get a title shot? That's the other thing, like, because yeah. I think maybe, yeah, let, let's talk about that later after the fi- after we talk about, after we preview kind of upcoming shows. Oh, but we, we also need to talk about uh, Fujita's big dick. 
yeah, that that was the weirdest part. Like that that's like I don't think it was like the worst match, but it was just like the the structure of the match was kind of baffling because they built it around Fujita stick. Like that was. Yeah. And then, did you decision. see the video that Keno posted? Yes. The, the He's, okay, Keno so Keno is sitting in the driver's seat of a car. So someone's in the passenger seat filming yeah. this. And he's talking about how, like, Kojima or Fujita has a big dick because yes. he just kicked him in the inner thigh. Yes. But then kept hitting his dick. Like, if the whole CM Punk thing hadn't happened, I would have said that this was, like, the most unhinged promo that I've seen over the last two weeks. Because <laughs> it's just Keno in the middle of the night just ranting at his cameraman about Fujita's massive thong. <laughs> and then they built the match. Like, that was the weirdest part because, yeah, as you said, Keno just keeps kicking Fujita in the fire and Fujita falls down and holds his crotch. And that was literally. And the kicks the looked nowhere near a low That blow was either. the focused part of the match, basically. Like, he kept working over Fujita's stick. And then Fujita beat him, like, with his fucking penetration pin, like, which makes this even weirder. Do you think that this is some sort of rib that they were pulling on everyone? I mean, it has to be, right? But why do you do that in the fucking semi-main event of oh, the I final N1 block night? I mean, why not, I guess, but... Well, it's Fujita. He'll do whatever yeah, he wants. Yeah, exactly. But... And, um... In the main event that it all came down to, well, sort of, <laughs> in B-Block, uh, Kaido Kiyomiya defeated uh, Satoshi Kojima in 17 minutes and 6 seconds with the Shining Wizard. Uh, I thought this was really good. Uh, they got the crowd into the near falls at the end, and there was a attempted spamming of the Shining Wizard again, but actually what made this a little more interesting is that Kojima actually countered it at one point. Yeah, I thought this was really good. Um, I think it was definitely a fitting kind of end for the block nights, I would say. Um, and yeah, like the fact that Kaito actually moved on was the right decision as well. Um, but then after this, kind of we had uh, like, because let's talk about that now before we talk about the match itself. So kind of once you kind of knew that the final was going to be Hideki Suzuki versus Kaito Kiyomiya, who did you think? was going to win that match. So I was 60-40 on Kaido, but I had convinced myself of a narrative that made sense for Hideki to win. Hideki wins, and then mm-hmm. Keno runs through the shooters in the fall, like be- yeah. facing Hideki and Fujita. Yeah. And then you do Budokan, Keno versus Kaido. Yeah, because what I was also thinking, would, or what I was hoping maybe what they were going to do is that Kaito gets all the way to the final with like all of this like shining wizard spamming and everything and then but then he gets beat there and he needs to kind of like readjust because I'm not a fan of Kaito wrestling like Muto 2.0 like I don't want no. him to wrestle like Muto 2.0 I don't want him to be KG Muto 2.0 I want him to be Kaito Kiyomiya 1.0 yep well we'll talk about that in uh, I thought the, the the finals I thought there was a sort of interesting thing yeah. about that um, so we go to the N1 Victory Grand Final on September 3rd and Osaka Edion Arena number one, 2,988 fans. I would consider that successful because that's like barely less than what they've been drawing at Budokan. Uh, no, I think this is actually a really good number because it's right in between what uh, New Japan drew for, the, uh, for their G1 shows. 
because they ran two D1 trials in there, back to back. Yeah. And they, their number is like right in between those two. Because I think the yeah. first one drew like 2,800 and the other one drew like 3,100. So they're like right in between there. So I think this think... is really, this is actually like one of the best numbers that they've drawn in a while. Simply because it is actually comparable to New Japan, which I think you have to count as a success. For sure. Now, how much of this do you think comes down to Muda? I think it definitely, I think that definitely helped quite a bit to have that final like Muda uh, match in there. But I think I would actually say that like just having the N1 final in general probably mm -hmm. helped as well. Yeah. Well, I mean, all of their finals have been in Edeon yeah. number one, I think. So, yeah. So I guess we'll just go through the whole show quickly. Uh, Hajime Ohara defeated Super Crazy in 9 minutes and 33 seconds. Nothing to say about it. It's a Super Crazy match. Uh, Jack Morrison, Daiki, and Aba defeated Anthony Green and Stallion Rogers in 8 minutes and 59 seconds with uh, a Tiger driver from Morris on Rogers. I thought this was a nice little match, but also coming out of this, uh, Noah posted a video uh, and Morris made it sound like him and Daiki and Aba formed a tag team, and I think that's a nice little combo. Yeah, that's actually a cool thing. Uh, gives both of them something to do after the tournament. So, yeah, yeah I, I hope they get a title challenge because that actually could be like Suzuki and Thatcher versus Inaba and Morris. That could really rock. Yeah, because Morris is going to be on the next tours, I think, through October. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. so yeah. definitely enough time to like build to something there. And I would very heavily assume that he's going to be back at some point after that even. They seem to like him. Yes. And uh, that's good. Uh, and then Atsushi Katoge, Yohei, and Seki Yoshioka defeated Hayata, Yuya Susumu, and Kai Fujimura in 13 minutes and 13 seconds. I thought this was a pretty good junior six-man, although it slowed down when Susumu was in the ring. Yeah. Um, yeah, just a solid match. Uh, nothing really much to say here otherwise. It's actually for the first three matches. Uh, I was kind of like going in and out of watching the matches because I kind of forgot how early the show started and I was still at the gym when the show started so mm -hmm. I was kind of like watching the matches on my phone in between like doing sets at the gym but like kind of after this match I finally made it home and then uh, we had uh, the Congo team of Masakatsu Funaki Kazuhiko Nakajima and Shuji Kondo they defeated Masakitamiya Mohamed Yone and Alejandro in 13 minutes and 14 seconds with a vertical spike from Nakajima on Yone this was pretty good and it was also set up like Kinemi and Funaki brawled after the match, and that would set up a national title match later. Yep. So I think we kind of predicted this when he beat uh, Funaki in the N1. Yeah. And I think he's going to win as well, and I think it's well-deserved after the run he just had in the N1. Yeah. And up next, we had... Uh, but actually, uh, just, just real quick, maybe on that match as well, it's, I think, because to this to me was also very clear that Nakajima's not in the dark house because he got like the pin here as well. Right, I guess. Yeah, against well, against Yone. But well he did against Yone, still. but again, if you actually want to punish him, then like Yeah. You beat him here. Like but the punishment because might do, not because be... Kitamiya is getting a title shot, so you can very easily defend like him pinning Nakajima. Yeah, true. But instead he actually got the pin. Yeah. Although the the I mean Nakajima's ultimate punishment might not be doing embarrassing jobs, but he'll just be kept out of certain main events that he could have been. I don't know. Maybe, but again, like it's hard yeah. to like really quantify that. Yeah, I guess. Well, I mean, we'll see where he is in a year, I yeah. think. Because and again, the whole reason he's pissed off is because he was being kept out of main events. Yeah. 
and then so next up the new tag team of Takashi Sugera and Satoshi Kojima defeated Shuhei Taniguchi and Yoshiki Inamura in 13 minutes and 9 seconds with a lariat from Kojima on Inamura Paul <laughs> do you think they have do you think well what's with Inamura dropping the fall here over Taniguchi can we read anything into this uh, I mean we've kind of been saying that they're going to do something with Taniguchi after he moved out of the Funky Express gimmick, but they haven't. <laughs> right. Like, he wasn't in the N1. Like, they just put him out of Funky Express, and then they pushed him a little bit, and then just kind of nothing. Like, Well, I, I was also thinking with Inamura, like, people think that he was kept out of the N1 because they had other plans for him, but... Yeah, for me, it was more that the, because he was in the Fire Festival, and I didn't want him yeah. to go for, like, back-to-back tournaments. I don't think that was because they had any plans for him, to be honest. Okay. Well, there you go. Uh, and so, yeah, Sugera and Kojima are now a tag team, basically. We'll get to that more on later. Then Dragon Bane So does that mean defeated... Kojima's now in Sugera again? I don't know. Are they doing an All Japan thing where people are just teaming with people randomly and not joining their factions? I don't know. Maybe. Um, the next up, Dragon Bane defeated Alpha Wolf in 18 minutes and 20 seconds with a Poison Bane, which is a Poison Rana. I mean, if you've seen their matches, this is another Dragon Bane versus Alpha Wolf yeah, match. Yeah, yeah. Uh, went a little too long, though. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's, did you see, actually, Missy Hyatt tweeted about this match specifically? Yes, I did. Yes. I mean, here's I the thing. If this is her... the first time you've seen this match, I understand her reaction. Because if it, this is I the first time you yeah. see this match, you're going to love it. But the problem yeah. is that this is all they ever do when they're on Noah Tooth. Well, uh, I will say this. Missy was right about the great Muda match. Yes, yes. All, all <laughs> of her other takes were completely correct, except for this match. But again, if this is the first time she's ever seen this match, then she's yeah, also she was wonder- right. She was basically that. wondering why they aren't in like AAA yes. or like big on the U.S. Indies. Yes, but if you know their reputation, then you know why they aren't. <laughs> yeah. And again, this is really like, it, this is, would be my challenge for Noah. It's just like, how about putting these guys in like a match that like doesn't involve the other? Yeah, exactly. And then we had a uh, eight-man tag: Kazuyuki Fujita, Kendo Kashin, Hio did Dr. Wagner Jr., and Timothy Thatcher defeated Naomichi Marafuji, Go Shiozaki, uh, Masato Tanaka, and Masaki Mochizuki with a Fujiwara armbar on uh, Shiozaki from Thatcher. Um, this was uh, really good, I thought, and Thatcher getting a big win here. Mm-hmm. I was actually surprised uh, about the finish as well. Uh, it sort of makes sense because Go is taking some time off yes. due to injury. Yes. Once, once, now, once I, wonder, I found that out, I realized, yeah, okay, that's why they did this. But I wonder if, did he injure himself in the tournament or did he just gut it through the tournament and then was going to take time off? I think that's the case because he did have that uh, neck injury just before the tournament. Yes, that's so right. So I feel like he basically was just like, I'm just going to tough it out through the entire tournament and then take time off afterwards because, yeah, maybe that neck, like, obviously that neck injury wasn't severe enough that he couldn't wrestle at all, but it was weird that it was basically like, oh, he had a neck injury, he's going in for evaluation, and then they just never brought it up ever again and then he was just in the tournament so to me that's kind of the tip of where he might have been like no 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 i'm fine i'm fine i'm fine and now it's just gonna like gonna be off for like a little bit while he actually heals up 
And speaking of uh, things in the wrestling news, I got to ask this question. Has a one Paul Levesque given a call to Thatcher? Do you think he's going to give a call to Thatcher? I don't think so. I mean, he did like him, but like, I love Thatcher, but I don't think Thatcher is kind of a... See, I don't know. I don't really think he fits on like Monday Night Raw. No, although I will say I think he did better in NXT than some were yes. expecting. Yes, I mean from from what I've heard, he did really really well there. But that was also like the black and gold NXT as well, and yeah. not like rainbow NXT. Yeah. So I don't, I don't like. Also because I don't want him to have gotten a call because <laughs> I really enjoy him and Noah. So that's probably factoring yeah. in there as well. Yeah, but. Uh... Sometimes you have to ask yourself, I think, uh, any of these ex-WWE guys that got released uh, basically under Vince, uh, you know, you have mm-hmm. to ask, wonder if they're, if they're going back. Well, I mean, in that case, do you think Hideki Suzuki got a call from Paul Levesque? Well, I don't know. I think Hideki would be le- le- less likely to go back if he did get that call. Yeah. You never know, but whatever. I mean, Kendo Kashan is also another one. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if they're gonna get. I don't know. I don't think. I don't think they're gonna go back. No. <laughs> even if they got calls. No, Stallion Rogers, I think probably is going back. Yeah, if he got a call. Yeah. Or even Anthony Green too. Yeah, I, I could see Green going as well. Yeah. Yeah. And then we go to the GHC Junior Heavyweight Tag Team Title: Yoshinari Ogawa and Chris Ridgeway defeated Eita uh, uh, and Kotaro Suzuki. In 19 minutes and 24 seconds, when Ridgeway used the Ridgeway uh, clutch on Suzuki, they made their successful first defi- finally made their <laughs> successful first defense. Um, yeah, I don't think this is necessarily it's quite as good as the match where they won the titles, but this was a very solid, very good match. I just love Ogawa and Ridgeway doing their thing, basically. Yeah. I could watch them for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh... On paper, this could have been a great match, but it's also kind of given the versions of Eita and Kotaro Suzuki that we currently have, I knew that we weren't going to get a great match. But it was still, like, really... Like, it was still very good, like, very solid match. Uh, and, yeah, as I said, like, I also could watch, like, Ogawa and Ridgeway do their thing for, like, hours on end. And I also love just Ogawa just endlessly, t- uh, like, taunting Eita in the post-match as well. Mm-hmm. And also, it was Ogawa's 36th... 37th anniversary of his of his debut <laughs> is it really only 37 years it feels longer yeah. than that but September 1985 Jesus <laughs> it's such a different world like it's not just a different wrestling world it's like a completely different world basically 1985 to now yeah how many things like I mean his style is probably the reason why he's still so damn good yeah. at his age yeah. right I mean it's low impact you know technical when Yoshinari Ogawa made his debut, the Soviet Union still existed. Yeah. Well, he's been through what? His career has been through what? Three emperors? Uh, yeah. Because it was still Hirohito in 1985, was it not? Yeah, yeah, yeah it was. Yeah, because Hirohito died at the end of the 80s, right? He died in like 89, I 87 think. 87 or 88, Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, no, he's... He's one of the few people that has re- wrestled for, like, three emperors. Like, it's like him and Fuji at this point. Yeah, that's right. And, well, I guess all those, like, Fujiwara and, 
and some of those guys. But uh, I mean, in just in terms of how you know physically is held up, I mean, he's up there, right? Yeah, with like him and Mochizuki. Yeah, it's nuts. It's yeah. Don't, I mean, I think it also helps that like those two also seem kind of like health freaks as well. Like, well, Yoshinar is he? I don't know. Ogawa doesn't strike me as a, a guy that looks seems like a health freak, but. I mean, if you look at his body, though, at his age, like, he has to yeah. be kind of, like, eating, like, well. Yeah. Because, like, you don't That's keep true. that kind of, like, fig- like figure, like, at that age. Yeah. For sure. Anyway, so congratulations to him. I mean, it's uh, been quite an interesting career he's had, really. I also feel, I think, probably solid guess that he's probably going to make it to 40 years as well as a wrestler. Oh, for sure. Yeah. For sure. And then in semi-main event, we had the team of Great Muda, Great Okan, and Nosawa Rangai defeated Congo team of Keno, Manabusoya, and Tadasuke in 22 minutes and 13 seconds with the eliminator from Okan on Tadasuke. Oh, this wasn't very good. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, I mean, it was built around spots. Muda fucked up a fireball attempt. <laughs> Although at least because originally they they would not they stopped doing mist in in matches when COVID started, at least they brought that back. Yeah. Um, I don't think you can Okan- do a Muda match without mist. Right? Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, they tease Okan like going after the GHC title from Keno, and um, and I think this was setting up for Muda to come back to New Japan really at some point yeah. too. I mean, they they teased. Okan and Keno and then obviously Muda needs to get his heat back and just mists Okan in the face. Yeah. So So yeah, that very clearly know. sets up like an Okan Muda match. But I mean I, I yeah. still feel like they're gonna do like something I hope they do something with Okan and Keno because Okan was also very clearly like disrespecting like Noah actively. Because he like mm-hmm. stepped on the Noah symbol in the ring, like both like when he like made his entrance. And then also after he got the pin in, uh, for the finish as well. So, yeah. at, like, I don't know if this was, like, intentional or if this was, like, him doing his own angle, but definitely seemed like they were, like, teasing something there. And then, I mean, yeah, it also seemed like Great Muta versus Great Okan, and uh, that's, that's going to be some takes as well when Muta bins Okan. <laughs> yes it will we'll see that is that a Wrestle Kingdom match you think yeah that's a Wrestle Kingdom match yeah and then in the main event uh, Kaito Kiyomiya defeated Hideki Suzuki in 33 minutes and 23 seconds with a modified Shining Wizard to win the N1 victory uh, for the second time actually um, he won in 2018 yeah because that was before oh. his 2019 title run yeah so, yeah, I mean, this was pretty damn good. Uh, like, uh, you know, maybe not for everyone, given, like, the technical mat stuff that took up, like, t- the first 20 minutes. But I liked it. Now, I do have some critiques. Once again, you had a situation where Ka- uh, Kiyomiya got dominated by another opponent before making a comeback, which is a just, – just, like, it's not a bad structure, but it's always the same thing with him a lot of the time. And then – um, you have and lots of shining wizards towards the end. Not to mention, talk about him just becoming little Mudo. I mean, he 
he uses the tiger suplex. Suzuki pins out. And then what does Kaido do once the tiger suplex doesn't work, which is a move associated with yeah. Mitsuharu Misawa? Right back to those shining yeah. wizards, baby. But to be fair, it's actually something that I realized as well, where I was like, I hope he beats him uh, with the tiger driver, or the tiger suplex, rather. Uh, yeah. And uh, But then I thought about it, and I was like, well, it's not like that's his move either. <laughs> like, I think that's always been Kaito's problem, in a way, problem, not problem, but like the thing that's holding him back a little is like that he doesn't really have like his own signature move. Like, because no. before he was just doing Misawa tributes, Yep. And now he's doing Muto tributes, and we still haven't really gotten like the definitive kind of Kaito Kiyomiya move. No, we we definitely haven't, and so I mean, you know, you know what actually would help if he would just have a move, but he gives it his own name, like because obviously loads of people do like similar moves. Like there's only like so many like moves essentially. Yeah. So just giving it his own, like I would actually be fine if he uses the Shining Wizard if he gives it his own name. Like, what would he call that? I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> the Emerald Wizard, uh, you know. So, like, like know. he just needs to, like, do something and put his own stamp on it rather than just keep doing, like, Misawa, co- like, this. Like, because now, like, he was doing Misawa cosplay first, then he was doing Mudo cosplay, and now he's doing kind of a mixture of them. Well, I mean... He decided to go his own way with his look, and it was a little ridiculous. Yeah. I don't know if clown is really the way I would, the route I would have gone. <laughs> but I, I I, I, otherwise, I thought the match was really strong, though. Like, yeah, it was kind yeah. of yet another kind of Kaito working from underneath match. But I think it worked really, really well here because he was also facing someone that is really good at like just dominating someone. So yeah. I think in that case, like, it just kind of was, like, a really good mixture where, like, Hideki is really good at just, like, eating someone up. But I think he also, like, sold really well when he had to for Kaito. Uh, but I think Kaito, was, like, this was, like, he's really good at this underneath stuff as well. Like, that, that's one of the reasons why he keeps doing it as well. So I thought, like, and there were multiple times because I actually expected Hideki to win. And there were actually multiple times where I actually bought into Hideki winning the match. Oh, for like sure. When he had really him in that, like, and when he when he had him in that submission hold, like in the middle of the ring, like I was convinced, like he was gonna like pass out or tap or anything, and then like just the way he like managed to like drag himself like to the ropes, like like I said, there were like multiple times where like Hideki kept adjusting the hold as well, where I was like, okay, now he's gonna tap, okay, now he's gonna tap, and then Kaito just basically just dragged himself to the ropes by just sheer force of will. And then right after, Hideki hit that amazing double arm suplex on Kaito. Like, the height he got on that was insane. Cause, yes, that was an awesome looking yeah, suplex. because he basically, like, lifted him, like, like higher than, like, the, like, basically the ring post, essentially. Like, he could have, like, vaulted him, like, over the ring post if he wanted to with that. Uh, so, and then I thought, okay, that's going to be the finish, because that felt incredibly definitive. And I know that still wasn't the finish. And I think at that point I realized, oh, is Kaito actually going to win this? And then, yeah, I, yeah, like I said, like I just really feel like this whole like modified Shining Wizard. Like I really would have hoped that he would have beaten him with like his own move. But then I realized he doesn't have his own move. No, uh, yeah, that's a problem. So we'll see. 
Um, I we'll, we'll talk about more coming out of this match later and everything. But uh, yeah, I really like the N one overall. Yep, uh, I thought. I don't think there was really any kind of really bad match to me. Like there were definitely disappointing no. matches in there. Yeah, but nothing was bad. No, nothing was bad. Like there were definitely people. Like there were also people that were disappointing as well. Like I think Seguro overall was definitely a disappointment. So I hope this was just he was just maybe kind of like off for this tournament, and this isn't like his age actually catching up with him. Yep. Um, and uh, well, even though Segura was disappointing, we had some like unexpected performances. Like Jack Morris was an unknown quantity. Yep. Uh, Master Kitamiya really stepped up. Because, yep. for example, like I, I would say Kitamiya's like weakest match of the entire tournament was with Segura, but that one had one of the best finishes of the entire tournament. So yes. And also, I thought Funaki was pretty good, yep. all things considered. No, they kept his like matches to like the perfect length as well. So I think he worked like. I mean, as expected, B block was because I think early when we saw when we looked at it, we were like B block is going to be like the better block, uh, and it a- ended up that way. But I think A block was still like a really solid block anyway. Yeah. Like I, like I, like we said, there wasn't really anything bad, and like I would say like the worst, like quote unquote worst person in the tournament was like Wagner, but it's not yeah, like he I was did. bad. It's just like no, his it was just like just, gentlemen's three. Yeah, they were just very unmemorable essentially. Yeah, exactly. And if that's the worst well, ex- thing you can say about the tournament, I think that's a really good tournament. Now, I um, didn't really watch any G1 other than the semis and the finals. Did you, Paul? Not really. Uh, I said I was going to like go back and watch it, but at this point, probably not. I mean, I don't think you're going to top... Nothing top that Okada Osprey. Yeah, no. But I think night in, night out, the N1... Well, I mean, I didn't watch the G1, but I don't think it's unreasonable to think given there's no Chase Owens or Toru Yano's yep. or Bad Luck Fale's, I mean, the 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 floor was a lot higher. Yes, here. absolutely. Like, because they just kind of, like, kept the tide. They just, like, very straightforward blocks as well. They did, like, all the block scenarios were pretty straightforward as well. Like, there was, like, nothing. Yeah, as long as no one got there. knocked out. Yeah. Yeah. Accident. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, I mean, Kenya was going to win that one. And then, like, you just had straight up, like, the two final matches is like what the block comes down to. Like you just have like a straight up decider between uh, Kojima and Kaito and then Keno kind of trying to go for the finish and then just failing by like losing to Fujita. Like it was all like very like solidly booked as well. Because even with, like well to be fair, Fujita didn't really lose that many other matches. But like aside from like his silliness uh, against Wagner, like, there was also like that was really like the only kind of like black mark on the entire tournament because yeah. we didn't really get any other shenanigans there as well. Like no we only got one outs. draw as well, and that draw made sense because it yeah. played directly into like the final standings in the tournament uh, of the. Block. Well, that's why I thought Hideki had a chance to win. Yeah, because he he went to that draw with Ken. Yeah. So yeah. Right, so that's the N one. Uh, hopefully, next year we'll have Timothy Thatcher. Yeah, and we can top this one. No, it's. I think definitely, like, I'm definitely. It's going to be very interesting to see what, who is going to be in this tournament next year. Because I'm, I'm wondering oh, if these people are going to be like downcycled over the next year, and maybe we will actually have some of the. Mochizuki feels like one. Hmm? Mochizuki, I doubt's back. Mochizuki, I would. Doubt is going to be back. Um, I'm actually curious about 
Sugera just because of the I way I think Sugera is in until he's retired. Well, the question is if he wants to be in it. Because sometimes yeah. you get people that are going to be like, that are getting a bit older, that are like, I don't want to be in this tournament anymore. It's what Akiyama did with the Champion Carnival, where he was basically like, yeah, I don't actually want to be in this tournament anymore. Right, right, right. So, so. I don't know if Segura is going to be the same. So I would at least put a question mark behind Do him. you think Marafuji's done? Yeah. I don't think Marafuji wants... Like, he's definitely another guy that is like, I don't want to do tournaments anymore. Because that's really grueling yeah. on your body. Mm-hmm. Like, I think he'd rather just, like, be in six-mans and, like, do, like, a few matches in the US where he gets overpaid by, like, indie bookers. I watched that match. Yeah, how was that? I, I, like, I heard, I heard it was, like, it went short. So- the the production and the stuff was not well done well. well I don't know. It was on Fight this. TV. Yeah, it was on. It was on Fight TV, but it seemed like they had a hard hard out at 10 p.m. Eastern, mm-hmm. and the show started at seven. They even had a 15 minute intermission scheduled in the show, but they cut that in half. Uh, unfortunately, Joey Janela hogged up a bunch of time <laughs> with his match. So, uh, Mar Fuji versus King, Eddie Kingston went only seven minutes and 41 seconds. Now, it was a great seven minutes and 41 seconds. They just chopped the shit out of each other. Maybe not quite as intense as Eddie Kingston versus Ishii on the pre show yesterday at All Out, but it was still really good. It just it felt like they was about to pick up to another gear and then it just ended. Okay. You know who actually went in the end one? Eddie Kingston. Yes. I would rule <laughs> like just have eddie do like all of the japanese tournaments just have him do like champion carnival n1 g1 you well, can be in fair, the n1 and the do, g1 at the same yeah, time you can't do those at the same time but you know just have him do like a big japan run now that he's like an actually like properly established name yeah i'm sh- would not be surprised if at some point that he ends up doing that yeah i, I definitely see him do like the g1 don't like unfortunately yeah. i don't think this because there's like no one's like the only promotion that doesn't have a relationship with AEW, so somehow yeah. <laughs> Noah has uh, I don't know maybe Nosawa and uh, Tony Khan used to argue on message boards or something. That's actually not super unlikely. <laughs> <laughs> but you know who would um, never shoot? You know who would never shoot on people at a press conference? Nosawa. So <laughs> that's very true. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code OLDLINE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code OLDLINE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. 
All right, so before we preview some of Noah's upcoming show, just a word from our sponsor. With HelloFresh, you get farm-fresh pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. Skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why it's America's number one meal kit. Have a packed schedule this fall? HelloFresh has meals covered with a weekly selection of 30-plus recipes and 70-plus convenience items all delivered to your door. Enjoy the freshest fall flavors. Every HelloFresh recipe includes ripe, just-picked produce that travels from the farm to your door in less than a week. Fall is the perfect time to cozy up with some delicious sweets. Get the whole family involved with HelloFresh's limited edition kid-friendly baking kits. Honestly, uh, the idea of kid-friendly baking kits appeals to me because I don't do a lot of baking and it can be really hard, but I will take some easy baking uh, products to have uh, do that in my kitchen actually. Yeah, no, definitely. It's bake, baking is a hard job. It's I actually come from a baker's family. So uh, I know how hard it can be. So anything that can kind of help people out, I think to, to discover the joys of baking, I think can only be a positive. So you can go to HelloFresh.com slash V-O-W-16 and use code V-O-W-16, all one word, for 16 free meals across seven boxes and three free gifts. That's HelloFresh.com slash V-O-W-16 and use code V-O-W-16 for 16 free meals across seven boxes and three free gifts. So now we look into later on in September. Actually, before we do that, uh, on the September 4th Dragon Gate show, after the semi-main event, uh, Noah's Atsushi Kitoga, Yohei, Seki Yoshioka, and Alejandra came out and sort of uh, got involved in the ring. And Yoshioka challenged Yamato, while Alejandro challenged Dragon Kid, and Yohei challenged against KZ. Uh, Paul, you are also a Dragon Gate yeah. watcher. What did you think of this? Uh, I mean, we kind of need to start <laughs> covering Dragon Gate soon, given how many, how much no involvement we have there at this point. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so this actually, uh, and because that was later announced then on the uh, Dragon Gate English Twitter, is this is actually going to lead to an actual full joint show. So this isn't just going to be kind of another case of Dragon Gate wrestlers being on an end innovation show. This in this case they're actually going to do like a full joint show. We don't re we haven't really gotten any details uh, for that show yet. Now is this going to be in a, like a round of soccer Kobe? I would assume so, but I also think maybe they're going to do that in Korokan. Mm. Is what I'm thinking maybe where like because they're running like the N innovation shows in like smaller venues generally, so. I would maybe say that like if they do like it depends how what they're really going to do for this joint show and how big they want it to be because if we, if it's just like a bunch of random like multi-man matches then probably they're going to go for a smaller venue but if we actually get like proper title matches on this then I think they could definitely try for like a bigger venue as well so I'm definitely excited like like I like the N innovation shows well enough, but I think like an actual proper joint show between these two promotions could be really interesting. Okay, just looking at the three matches they set up, this looks like um, Noah will lose all of them. 
Like, Yoshioka is not going to beat Yamato. Alejandro is not going to beat Dragon Kid. And Yohei's probably not going to beat KZ. See, here's the interesting part, though. So Yohei has a title match coming up, right? Mm-hmm. If he wins that, they could make that a title match. And in that case, I right. think Yohei is winning. KZ hmm. is also a guy that can... Like, KZ is like, yeah, he's a top guy, but he's also a top guy that can lose. But that's his thing. He's lost all the big ones, yeah. right? So it just continues that story. So that actually makes sense for him to lose. Um, the other interesting part is because Yoshioka challenged Yamato, it actually means that it's going to be a while until the show actually happens because Yamato is actually going to the US for a bit. Right. So this is probably not happening until like November at the yeah, earliest. Yeah, right? like it, because now it, they need to wait until Yamato is back. Which is interesting because it would have, I would have assumed that they were going to do it while like people like Yamato are like away so that they can like basically use, basically do like a joint show with Noah to like fill some spots on the roster. But yeah. because this was one of the challenges, like now they need to wait until he's back. What I'm wondering as well, and because this might be another title match because uh, Yamato and uh, not Yamato uh, Yoshioka and Katoge uh, are challenging for the junior tag titles so I'm wondering maybe if they make the Yoshioka Yamato match a tag title ma- uh, like a tag match and then have that be a tag title match as well right hmm. Very. so there's definitely a lot of interesting possibilities so like I'm not trying to overhype myself because joint shows can sometimes be disappointing like i'm just pointing towards the regular zero one big japan joint shows which are awful <laughs> like it's actually drawing like 80 yes people. exactly <laughs> it's genuinely when when i went on the japan trip in 2019 when i went there with a bunch of other voices of wrestling people we pretty much went to a wrestling show like almost every day except <laughs> for when like the only show that night was a big japan zero one joint show in shinkiba where I rather went to the uh, to watch the Tokyo Giants in the Tokyo Dome rather than <laughs> go and watch that show because we just looked at the card and like everyone else was like no you know what I'd rather just do something else this evening and we all skipped on the show because <laughs> there was just absolutely nothing on it so I hope it's not going to be that I hope it's actually like a genuine like effort to like make a good show okay so uh so we'll look ahead to the big Noah show on the 25th. But before that, on September 15th at Corican Hall, Noah has a rookie debuting. Daiji Ozawa will debut against Yoshiki Inamura. And according to uh, Hisame on Twitter, Ozawa is a heavyweight, which is a very good yep, thing. Definitely. Because really, like, if we look at, like, the people that they've debuted recently, and yes, Noah heavyweights are a little bit smaller than in other promotions they needed like a proper big heavyweight because really since Inamura like they've been like very small like Okada is a heavyweight but he's borderline and Fujimura definitely Mm -hmm. isn't and neither is Yano Yano's yeah Yano's really small like he's definitely going going to be a career junior so yeah like they really were like long overdue and it's also been nearly two years since they've actually debuted a rookie as well yeah. Uh, actually, speaking of Yano, he will be returning on an N Innovation show in September as well. So that's good for yeah. the junior division. I mean, Noah. do you think it was kind of weird that they just brought like Kai Fujimura back with like no fanfare, really? Like he just 
he just back and he's teaming with Stinger. Where 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 was he? Wasn't he? Da, da, da. It was Junta that went overseas, wasn't oh, it? Oh yeah, true. It wasn't that. Yeah, sorry, I forgot about Junta. Yeah, Junta was the one that went overseas. Yeah, true. Sorry, kind of got. He's confused. teaming <laughs> with like all the Dragon Gate guys in Mexico. Yeah, yeah, true. It was Junta that actually went over, uh, overseas. But didn't I actually didn't haven't watched Fujimura also went on like a brief excursion? Yeah. Oh, am I confusing that? I don't think okay. so. Never mind then. No. Okay, never mind. And so that's on the twenty-first, the Yasu Takuyano return match against Kai Fujimura on the end innovation show at Shinjuku mm. face. So, yeah, I'm actually interested to see if he gets like, if they're doing something or, but it seems like he's just mainly going to be in the same spot. He wasn't before. I like Yano a lot yeah. though. So hopefully they do do something with him eventually. Well, he's still young. And so the big with him, there's still time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so the big show is on, uh, September 25th at Aichi prefectural gymnasium. Uh, so the opening match will be Man and Busoya versus the aforementioned Daiji Ozawa. Uh, that could be a lot of fun. Uh, Ozawa's uh, facing all of the beefy yeah. boys early on in his career. I mean, he is 183, like, in terms of height. Oh, okay. So he is yeah. a pretty tall boy. And I, I don't remember his weight, but I think he is actually, like, kind of a bit of a, like, beefy boy as well. So, yeah. Cool. I'm definitely looking forward to what he can do and, yeah, just based on his first two matches, that's clearly how they're positioning him as well. And then we have uh, Nosawa Rongai, Eita, and Kotaro Suzuki versus Yuya Susumu, Yasutaka Yano, and Kai Fujimura. And then Mohamed Yone and Akitoshi Saito versus Masa Kitamiya and Yoshiki Inamura. Then uh, Ninja Mac, Extreme Tiger, and Alejandro versus Tadasuke Hajime Ohara and Hiroki. Uh, Naomichi Amara Fuji, Jack Morris, and Hiho to Dr. Wagner Jr. versus Masato Tanaka, Masaki Mochizuki, and Daiki Inaba. Isn't it weird that they the basically G- announced Jack Morris and Inaba are a team and then they put them against each other? Yeah, but they're teaming on other shows. True, but still, it's kind of a weird yeah. decision. But the, um, if, if it is indeed Kendo Caution uh, booking the heavyweights now, he has basically blown up all the factional alignments. Yeah. Because, I mean, before they were a lot more, like, rigid. Yeah, no, they def- they've definitely gotten a lot more so. fluid now, yeah. yeah. I mean, is, is MC Alliance still a thing? Because I know they disbanded. No, 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 they broke up a while Yeah, ago. they disbanded, yeah. but then I remember Marufuji and Mochizuki were giving an interview basically being like, no, it's kind of back, but not really. Like, I don't remember what the alignment no, looks like right now. Apparently not. And then for the GHC Junior Heavyweight Tag Team Championship, Yoshinari Ogawa and Chris Ridgway versus Atsushi Kotoge and Seki Yoshioka. I think you've made a good case why there might be a title yeah. change here. But honestly, I just want to see Ogawa and Ridgway. Same. I, I, for a I, do while. Want to, I do want him to have like a proper long reign and actually get like good title defenses. It's it really depends what they're going to do on the on the joint show. So if it is actually going to be a singles match between Yoshioka and Yamato, then I think. Which way and Ogawa keeping the titles here. And then for the GHC a tag team title, we have uh, the champion Sadeki and Suzuki and Timothy Thatcher facing Takashi Sugera and Satoshi Kojima. Um, I don't see why they should drop the titles. Yeah, same. I think they should just defend know. the titles here. I mean, this is a pretty but good. It could, could it be also a thing that you're like, we want to put the tag titles on Kojima thing? I guess, but. I don't know. I think, to me, 
it's better to like keep them on Suzuki and Fetcher. Because I don't know. Well, you know, uh, Kojima has never won the GHC tag team titles, but he's won all the other major tag team titles. I guess, but like it's kind of like because it's kind of a random partner with Segura as well. Yeah. Like I don't really get why you would do a title change here again because. You just had like a bunch of like really short title re- like tag title reigns as well. Because yeah. because so basically I, I'm still since, towards... since Muto had to give it up because of his injury, right? You had uh, you had the Seguragon team win it, who then lost it pretty quickly to Elgin and Kitamiya, who then lost it pretty quickly to Fatra and Suzuki. So why do like another quickie title reign here? Yeah, for sure. And then for the GHC Junior Heavyweight title, Hayata versus Yohei. Um, I think you've made – I mean, I just want to see Hayata lose this yeah, <laughs> title. Yeah. And you made a good point. Like, put the title on Yohei and have him go into the Dragon Gate joint show. I mean, the thing is, though, I mean, right. So he beats Hayata here, and then he defends it against KZ at the joint show. And then he probably loses his right back to Hayata. <laughs> Where I'm like, I don't know, kind of like – doom-pilled when it comes to the junior heavyweight title right now where I'm just like it's just going to be in this Hayata orbit forever it's just we're just going to have to see Hayata junior title matches until like the end of time basically is what it feels like right now we just can't escape his orbit ever and then so in the match titled Pro Wrestling Love Forever 2 Outbreak Keiji Muto and Kazuyuki Fujita will face Masakatsu Funaki and Katsuhiko Nakajima uh, we sort of talked about this before, but it's obviously yes. taken the no, fall no, no, here. it's obviously going to be Nakajima un- unless he like knocks out Muto. <laughs> oh my god, could you imagine if he actually knocks out Muto and just he would get punished? Then you, then, I for mean, sure. how many people does he need to injure <laughs> until he gets punished? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. no, in that case, like, yeah, he just ruins the Muto retirement or. No, but I think it's very clear that he's going to, like, take the fall here. So, But do you think it's Mudo that actually beats him? I mean, yeah. Or do you think it'll be Fujita? No, I think it's going to be Mudo. Like, he's going to eat a Shining Wizard and just okay. lie down. But again, like, to me, it's not a punishment to be in a massive semi-main event, even if you're the right. one taking the fall. That's not a punishment at all. <laughs> right. And then in the main event for the GHC Heavyweight Championship, uh, Kano defends against the N1 vic- uh, victory winner, Kaito Kiyomiya. Paul, I know that the GHC title's been bouncing around a lot, but I think here you just yep. you just got to go no, with Kaito yep. and just have him, like, a, give him a year-long yes. reign. It's, I was also like, <sighs> would be kind of weird because they're also building up, because they've also kind of built up title matches for Kano. That's the only thing that gives yep. me pause because... Right. Fujita, I think, still has a shot and at the title. And they seem to be, and, he, and Keno seems to be like, you know, he's yeah. vibing right now. Like, he just feels like a great yeah. champion. No, definitely. Like like I said, they did. Fujita still, he beat him, so he could get a title shot. They teased that thing with Okan as well. So, like, that's why, it, that's the thing that gives me pause. But, like, Kaito is clearly the guy with the momentum right now. Like, you just need to, like, pull the trigger on him, give him the title for the second time, and then just see what happens, see if he can draw and see if he's really the future of the promotion because I think now is the time to find that out. Yeah. And you can have Keno win it back later. 
I I mean, I think these two have had some of the best matches in No over the past yep. couple of years. And they're great rivals. So, you know, you can have Keno come back and win the title from him yep. later. I mean, could you still see a thing where he beats Kaito here, runs for like all of the setup matches in the fall, and then they run this back at Budokan. Do you think that hurts Kaito's momentum too much? Um, sort of, but it also just seems strange. It, it just seems like a quick turnaround to run yeah, that again. That's the, the other months. thing as well. So that's why I feel I mean, like Kaito needs to win. Here. I mean, what other matches do they have for Budokan though? I mean, they also. I mean, not just Budokan. Uh, they also still need to fill uh, the Ariaki Arena. That's massive. Oh, that's right. Yes, yes. Because they were they were also well, teasing a Keno being... and a Keno title defense against Muta as well. Right. I don't know. I mean, Ariaki could be Keno versus Fujita. If Keno does win, I could see that. I don't know if I would put Fujita in a main event for a show that big. It just isn't a draw. Yeah. I so don't know. yeah, I don't. I don't know. Like, but to me, like. The the smart play here is to like just put it on Kaito and then just see if Kaito can draw numbers in these big buildings. Yeah, for sure. He's yeah. got to do it. No. It's time. He's been damaged yes, too much it's, already. It's, it's um, put up or shut up, basically. It's like it's time to see if Kaito can actually be the ace of the company. And he just like that's yeah. really the thing that I like. I said like that's still my issue with him is like he's very clearly incredibly talented, but he just like needs to take a fucking situation by the balls and just fucking own it. And so that's Pro Wrestling Noah. We move on to the big preview of All Japan Pro Wrestling's 50th anniversary show at Nippon Budokan, which in recent days, the card has been changed slightly. So here is the most recent card as of September 6th. Um, your All Japan 50th anniversary special six-man tag team match, Masanobu Fuchi, Atsushi Onida, and Shiro Koshinaka versus Great Kojika, Yoshiaki Yatsu, and Masao Inoue. And Kohei Wada is a special guest referee, as far as I know. Yeah, we haven't really gotten I, an I hope he's out of hospital. Right? No, no. Um, but uh, I expect the Fuchi team to win this. I mean, probably. I mean, and to be honest, it. In a way, matter. <laughs> eats a fit big fat yeah. L. <laughs> I mean, the thing is, who gets the pin? I guess. Fuji, I guess. Mm, Onida. Yeah, Onida. Onida is the biggest star. Yeah. Yeah. And then we have the Saito brothers' triumphant return match, which has been uh, changed up because of Ayabe's collapsed lung. So it's Juna Saito, Rei Saito, and Cyrus. Versus Suji Ishikawa, Kohei Sato, and now DDT's Yukio Naya. Such a random person to get. Well, they just needed to I talk. Guess, <laughs> but it's still like that it's also a DDT guy specifically and that it's him specifically. Like, I don't know. Well, how many other tall, very large, tall guys are there that they could just get? Yeah, there aren't. Well, to be fair, I, yeah, there aren't really that many people. I mean, Yuji Hino... Because he at least has like a history. He's not tall. Yeah, he's not tall, but he's beefy. Yeah. Kudrika. Kudrika's <laughs> tall. Yes. But no, I mean, yeah, it is kind of random. I mean, it's not really like an improvement either, to be honest. Like, Naya has improved, but he's still not that great. So, 
yeah, I'm going to be really curious what this match is going to be like. I think that the Saitos are eating a pin here. Yeah, that's the other thing, because Ayabe clearly was like losing previously, but now I'm not so sure anymore if DDT is just going to be like, oh, yeah, yeah, sure, you can get Naya, but if he's eating the pin. Or does uh, the Booker man uh, fall on his sword for the uh, rookies? Or for Cyrus. Yeah, since he seems to love yeah. Cyrus so much. Like, I could see that happen. And, like, I think it's very easy to say that Sato isn't taking the pin. No, definitely not. Like him and Cyrus are like the only people I could see. Not, like are the only two people I feel very confident saying aren't going to take the pin here, regardless of who wins. Yeah, definitely. So we move on to Rising Hayato and Ryo Inoue versus Yusuke Kodama and Oji Shiba. Um, I don't know. I could see actually Hayato and Inoue winning this because Shiba is sort of like a jobber. Yeah. No, I've, I could definitely see that happening. Because especially the push, I think Hayato is probably going to get a title shot as well. So yeah, I think sure. it makes a lot of sense for him to win here. And then uh, Yoshitatsu, Tajiri, Mitsuya, Nagai, and ATM versus Izanagi, Black Mensa Ray, Sushi, and Andy Wu. Um, I'm going to go with the Yoshitatsu team because ATM yes, is I on I think it. ATM is going to get... And that's going to be his big payoff for probably financing a good portion of the show <laughs> well i will get to that in a minute because there's something very interesting about the one of the sponsors of the show uh for the all asia tag team title it will be hikaru sato and dan tamara challenging the winner of minoru and toshizo versus soma watanabe and yu yuzuka in great on september 10th and i assume minoru and toshizo are going to retain i would assume as much as well i actually would prefer think- if you and Soma win because I think that's a better match but yeah I, I assume it's going to be Minoru and yeah but her, Sato and Dan got to get their revenge yeah, against uh, voodoo murders and I expect Sato and Dan to win so do you think maybe Dan is here. actually getting the pin here he should because he's just been like obviously been beaten to shit by voodoo murderers so I think it's really time for him to get one up on them and get a pin here yeah definitely because I think voodoo murders are falling apart uh, yeah they should be Hopefully. After this show, hopefully. A special singles match, Hokuto Mori versus Minoru Suzuki. Suzuki yeah, wins. No, I think that's very safe to say. And I've, again, I think I talked about it before. Like, I don't really mind Omori losing here because he's just moving up to heavyweight. So I think it's fine for him to lose yeah. here. Um, you know, it's funny. Uh, for reasons I, uh, I will get into in a moment, I was watching some Samurai TV uh, today. And... Uh, they had randomly the uh, came on was the Atsushi Aoki Memorial Show from July 2020. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's sort of fascinating to see how much mass Omori has put on in two years. Oh, yeah. 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 No, he, he's definitely beefed up. So that, that was always to me like, oh, is he going to go heavyweight? Because he put on a lot of mass. Yeah. And a special singles match, Yuma Aoyagi and goes to the Forbidden Door. <laughs> And faces Christopher Daniels. Um, I mean, it's well known that, uh, you know, a lot of AEW talent can't just do jobs outside, although it's not that it never happens. But it, it's incredibly stupid if you bring Christopher Daniels all the way over to face you and just have you. I mean, lose. he should take the pin here because of him failing in his talent relations job and just losing control of the <laughs> locker room. <laughs> 
<laughs> that's very true. Um, I mean, I think it shouldn't be impossible to have Yuma win here and then Daniels win on the cork in the next day. Yeah, you can just right? give him like a win of like a six man or whatever. Like if I'm, I don't know, yeah. if I'm all Japan, like, yeah, I like having an AEW guy, but not if it comes at the expense of like our big young, of like the big young like star that they're trying to make a main eventer. Well, Shuji Kondo has disappeared yes, from all Japan. So, again, so that's why I'm hoping that maybe they fucking learned a lesson. I'm leaning. To, I'm still leaning towards. Yeah, yeah I am leaning I towards to Yuma, but because it is Christopher yeah, exactly. Daniels, that's it's not the other thing. Swerve Strickland yeah. or something. Um, and then Yuma Anzai debut match: Yuji Nagata versus Yuma Anzai. Perfect first opponent, and it should I'm be a lot of fun. Really curious. And of course, Nagata wins. They are really hyping this guy up. Paul, have you noticed that all of these wrestlers are saying how handsome Anzai yeah. is yeah. in their tweets? They very clearly think they have a potential ace here. Yep. I think they do. Oh, well, I mean, we'll yes, see exactly. what he looks like. like. He looks like a potential I mean, ace. Yeah, exactly. Like it, it seems like they have a potential ace here, but I've literally never seen him wrestle. Just, But based on his looks and what everyone is saying, like they... Everyone, everyone's saying how yeah. handsome he is on Twitter. And also, like, if this is... Because uh, we don't really know the match order yet, right? But this is kind of relatively far up the card. Like, I'm wondering, are they going to, like, give him a rocket push? Not to, like, triple crown level or whatever, but, but is he probably going to get, like, something to, like, sink his teeth in a lot quicker than other rookies have gotten? I could see him being in the champion carnival next year. Depending on, I mean, yeah, maybe. Let, let's see what he actually looks like in a match yeah. <laughs> first. But, I mean, I could see him being in the champion carnival next year and getting, like, two wins. Yeah. And I don't think that hurts no, no, him no, at no, all. That's perfectly fine like that's already a massive yeah. achievement to be like in the champion yeah. carnival like six months after you make your debut yeah and then for the pwf world junior heavyweight championship tiger mask versus Etsuki aoyagi um this better be aoyagi's big moment yeah and the dawn of a new era in the junior division yeah it better like and get Tiger Mask. Yes, no, like, this just has to be the crowning of Atsuki Aoyagi. Like, don't think anything else here is really acceptable. Like, everything else is just absolutely not stupid booking. Yep. Yeah. And then for the World Tag Team Championships, uh, Gunyer of Anarchy, Shotaro Shino, and Ryuki Honda defend against Get Wild, <laughs> Takao Mori, and Manabu Soya. So Junakiyama nope. was not. Uh, Takao Mori's mystery partner, but it's Menabu Soya. They put out a video of them in the woods together. Did you, did you uh, see recently. that? Well, they weren't even in the woods. They were just in a random park somewhere in Tokyo, I think. Oh, okay. <laughs> so <laughs> the the long-storied history of just shooting random videos of wrestlers walking through a park is still alive. Um, it's act- Actually, I watched that video. It was actually kind of funny because I think it's, they had, like, they basically played it off that, like, uh, uh, that Omori showed up in the park at like 9 a.m. or whatever, and then they cut to like 1 p.m. and that's when Soya finally showed up. So you just made him <laughs> wait in in, <laughs> in the park for like hours. Paul, do Ashino and Honda retain here? They should. I'm leaning towards it, and they should. But I could also see them doing the nostalgia thing for Omori. No, because. Know. I don't think Soya is really like because Soya is like very solidly like like he's busy with no like not that he really does anything of note but he's just like getting he's booked on every show. Yeah. So yeah, that to me like I think Honda and Ashino are gonna 
defend the title here. Yeah, I mean, I'm leaning towards it, but I can't call it impossible. I don't think it's impossible, but to me, the fact that like Soya is just like on a full-time schedule with Noah, like, doesn't really have time to do all Japan. Yeah, for sure. Because if he wins, he's got to be in the real yeah, world. Yeah, exactly. Like, I don't think Noah wants to like give him up for like an entire like tournament run. And then special singles match finally confirmed after, uh, unfortunately, Doring had to pull out, but they've now announced it. Jake Lee versus Naoya Nomura. Nomura's got to win here and challenge Kento. Yeah. As far as I'm concerned, that's really the only path to take. We've t- we've talked plenty about Jake Lee recently, and you know it's been over three years now. Oh, it'll be three years this month the, since the last time Kento and Nomura had a singles match. So by Kento Miyahara standards, it's about as fresh as a match yeah. you can do, because everybody because he like earlier this year he had like a but you know he was a triple crown champion. He already faced Shuji Ishikawa at Champions Night three. Like a lot of like. Kento winning the Triple Crown back so soon creates the problem of you need fresher challengers again. Yep. And so, you know, Nomura is now a fresh yeah, challenger. Yeah, and you literally just had a Jake Lee versus Kento match. And you also literally yeah. just sold a Kento versus Jake Lee Triple Crown match as the last kind of match between them. <laughs> so you can't just immediately yeah. run this back yet again. Like, yeah. that just would be like. Absolutely. Like, I don't, I also have a feeling that I probably would not draw well. Because, like, if I'm in Japan, oh, no. I'm not, I'm going to be like, why would I pay money for this? I just saw this twice. Yeah, exactly. And then our main event for the Triple Crown Suwama defense Ken- against Kento Miyahara. Um, Paul, I still think these guys have chemistry. And I thought their match in the Champion Carnival 30 minute draw was good. But, like, and we've talked about how Voodoo Murder seemed to have dialed back some of the cheating and stuff. But what do you think here? Like, do you think they'll just go have a, their match, or do you think Suwam is going to do some shit? I think we're going to get at least a little bit of it, but I think it's going to be a straightforward match otherwise. I think maybe we get some stuff early on, but I don't think it's going to be a focus of the match. Like, I think it's going to be a straightforward match for the most part. Because it's the 50th yeah, anniversary. I mean, Budokan. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you can't. Any stupid shit. No ref pulls out of the ring or anything like that. Like, that's why I think it's going to be a straightforward match. Like, they're just going to do, like, a little bit, but I don't know. Like, he probably gets, like, a weapon or something. But I don't think we're even going to see, like, the other voodoo murderers, like, get involved or something like that, hopefully. And, um, Paul, do you think they're going to start running through moves of all of famous Jap- uh, all Japan wrestlers of the past in this. I could see them do like some of them at the very least, yeah. I mean... So like, Mihar does a Tiger Driver or something? I like... could see that actually like happen like all throughout the show like a bit. I could see that for the Jake Lee, Noah, and Amora match a bit as well. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I could see Kento like try and pull out like a, uh, uh, a Tiger Driver. I mean, my question is, are we going to see a Burning Hammer? <laughs> well, we might from Nomura. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, that might be the finish for that one, yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah, that actually would be really cool. Uh, yeah. yeah, and uh, Kento obviously yes. wins. no, There's I think like, 
it's like I would put the chance of Tsubama winning at like one percent, and I think that's being very generous. Not yes, like this is no justification for having Tsubama win here. Only if the only way Tsubama wins if he pulls a Nakajima. <laughs> he knocks him out. And what if he literally pulls out Nakajima? <laughs> Fucking Nakajima runs out, runs in, and costs Kento the match and joins Voodoo Murderers. That would be some nuclear <laughs> that heat. That would be I some think, nuclear but, heat uh, from me. That would be some nuclear heat from yeah. Kento Miyahara. In that case, Kento might go back back in the fucking post-match interview. He might start shooting on people. <laughs> okay, in, um, the, in that case, if we have a backstage ball breaking out in all Japan, who is fighting who? Because I think Nakajima would throw a chair... But then I'm not sure is Soya biting someone. Well, see, I would I would have told you if this was two years ago, it would have been Yusuke Okada into Jiri or something. <laughs> yeah, that I could definitely see happening. <laughs> but yeah, maybe Soya bites wow. Ishikawa or something. <laughs> yes. Um, so that is that. Still, nothing has been announced except for the participants on the Cork and Hall show the next day on the 19th. Uh, Ko, uh, Koji Dora and Kumarashi return and Christopher Daniels will also be on that show and I think Minoru Suzuki is also on that mm-hmm. show if I'm not mistaken I'm not oh, sure. also in the Budokan we know that um, like, Stan Hansen and Keiji Muda will appear as well yeah Keiji Muda will be a special guest he's yeah. not wrestling but still no Junakiyama yeah. interesting even though Yuji Nagata is working his 30th anniversary show several hours before um, so very special note uh, that was somewhat disappointing when I learned it. This will not be airing live on AGPW.TV. This will be airing live on BSNTV, which is the broadcast satellite channel of NTV from 7 o'clock p.m. Japan Standard Time, even though the show starts at 4.30. And the show will then be available on uh, All Japan or AGPW.TV on September 22nd at 7 p.m. Japan Standard Time. Uh, Paul, let's just say I had do- taken some nefarious means. So, I, like I said, I was watching Samurai TV earlier. So I will be watching the BSN TV uh, show live. Yeah, I, I might need to, to, like, hook me up there as well. So we'll see how that goes. Like, the, the thing for me is that I'm in going to be in Ireland, so I'm not sure if right. I'm going to be able to watch live. So I, I mean, we might either have to delay the recording a bit or try and figure something out well i mean i'm gonna watch live but i mean we're not gonna come and record the show until we can see yeah the whole that's show the other thing yeah because we're not even gonna be able that's to see true. the whole show even if you watch live i mean i need to know what happens with uh atm and Yoshitatsu, no, and it would not shock me if that does not make the live <laughs> broadcast um what I think would be curious, though, if Yuma Anzai makes the live I have broadcast. a feeling as well, because just looking at this, like, I don't know if this is, like, the official announced match order, but... No, it's not. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they actually put that in the second half of the show and maybe actually have that open the BSN TV broadcast is Yuji Nagata and Yuma Anzai. So I figure the Triple Crown and all the special single matches will be and the world tag will be yeah live i'm not so i would assume the junior title yeah i don't know how long their block is though i mean this show starts at what time 
4.30. That's a long time. I mean, you're probably going to do like some ceremonies yeah. and everything. Yeah. But that's still like those early matches. There might be a ceremony. To super long. The ceremony might be saved till 7 yeah. o'clock. Um, I don't know if that all Asia tag no, title I match is making it live. Pretty confident it's not. And then Rising Hayato and Inoue versus Kodama and Shiba. The 50th anniversary special six man, probably. I mean, the Saito Brothers return match? Probably. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe the show does start with the ceremony and then most yeah. of the show's matches do make it live. Yeah, I, I, I have know. a feeling maybe they do like a lot of like big ceremonial stuff early on and then do the matches afterwards. Yeah. So, like I said, that's kind of unfortunate. Although, at least in this case, you know, unlike what uh, Bushi Road promotions have been doing more and more, they're not trying to get like a pay per view out of no. us or anything like that. So, yeah, it is going uh, to be on All Japan TV, so we can at least watch the full show. Yeah. See the whole show. Now, I'm kind of curious, though, like, is, is NTV going to give them a, a nice, full blown, like, nice production i hope i mean yeah that's the other thing like is is that actually what we're going to get then on all japan tv or is there going to be a separate recording that is going to be the all japan tv feed yeah i don't know oh and i forgot to mention okay so the sponsor of this show or the main sponsor on the poster is rakuten ticket mm. now rakuten is i'm not sure if it's perfectly analogous but has been called quote unquote the amazon yes, no, japan massive. They're massive. Now, Paul, do you think this is a beginning of a budding relationship between Rakuten and All Japan? That, yeah. Who might I add in 2019 have launched a sports yeah, yeah. streaming? They have, like, they have their own streaming service. That is actually like an international service as well, like where you can actually like buy, like where you can like rent movies. Basically, it's because I have a Roku, and my Roku actually has mm -hmm. a Rakuten TV uh, like button on it. Yeah. So definitely that would be something big if they can actually turn that into like a proper relationship. So, Well, I mean, Rakuten could just buy all Japan and it would be a small line item and they could just have content for their sports streaming service. I mean, that probably would Which be... Which is what I was oh, ultimately getting at. an interesting one, yeah. Because like, why not get in? I mean, presumably they are somewhat... A competitor of uh, Cyber Agent or Abima, yeah. right? I'm actually curious. Because I know that Rakuten also, much like a Cyber Agent, also has like ad, like internet ads and mm -hmm. stuff like that service. So, I mean, why not get into the game like Cyber Agent did? Yeah. I'm actually, yeah, I'm actually plus curious you, who's actually bigger. Plus, you'll also get a women's promotion. Yeah, with it, I'm actually curious who's bigger is... Because I think Rakuten is actually bigger than WWE as well. Uh, probably is, yeah. I think Rakuten might even be bigger yeah. than Cyber Agent. Just because they're like a marketplace. And they offer financial services. Oh, yeah. It's like it's like a proper... Channels. like, And they're also like the sponsor for like Barcelona. And yeah. yeah. No, they are massive. Oh, yeah. They had a revenue of 7.2 billion. Yeah, no, they're definitely bigger than WWE. Holy shit. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I just an uh, interesting relationship. I don't know if it goes anywhere. They're just sponsoring this for the... Oh, they like I said, they have... It's Rakuten yeah. Ticket. They have a ticket service. 
Um, but still, it's just an interesting tie-up, and I want to see if anything um, goes from that there because that could be a big game changer for all Japan. No, that definitely would be a massive deal for all Japan. Because I mean, because I should probably like say what we like think about like because we don't really know what the finances are for all Japan, but like sometimes yeah. there's like some sort of doom and gloom where it's like oh, all Japan is just about like any time they draw a bad number it's like oh is all Japan gonna go out of business like no, like I think they're in a stable position right now financially, but their problem is that they can't really grow with the current setup that they have. No, and uh, well, I mean, I assume at some point that moving money is yeah. gonna run out. Unless President Fukuda starts investing in more movies, which he is possibly also doing. I mean, like, he comes from real estate, so he's probably got deep pockets. Yeah, but again, it's it's so, clear that it's not, like, he's willing to, like, keep it stable, but I don't think he's really willing to, like, invest big money into it. To, yeah. to grow it, because you got, like, you need Rakuten money yeah, if you exactly. want to grow it. I mean, I mean, look how fast... Stardom grew with just the Bushi Road promotional thing yeah. behind it, and even you know, even Noah yes, has they grown, have grown since Sideways had taken have. over because yeah. previous because before they were literally about to go to business. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I mean, I'm just saying it's a legacy IP. You know, I think it's it would make a lot of sense for Rakuten just to buy the company. Yeah, no, I think that actually would be would make a ton of sense. I think, yeah, definitely put them on the streaming service and everything. I think that would make a ton of sense. Especially if that means maybe I can actually watch yeah. it from my Roku. That would actually be very convenient. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, so that is it. We will come back when we can see the whole show, and it should be... I think it'll be a good show. Yeah, I think overall, like, I'm... As long as they don't do any stupid yeah, booking. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, I think top to bottom, like, I'm a, like I said, I was a little bit down on the show overall, but, like, it's seems like an incredibly solid card and i think if certain matches deliver then i think it could be a really really good show yeah and um hopefully we will come back here and talking about a wild cork and hall show that has totally changed the direction yeah, of the yeah. company because they got to sort of do that on that yeah. show the weird right? part is then though we're not gonna even to be... going to be able to see the full show until after that cork <laughs> yeah because yeah. that's airing live <laughs> on agpw.tv um, but like seriously, like I would, you think that they remember, you know, like it has to be wilder than a New Japan New Year's Dash, if you ask me. It has to be like one of those shows where there's an angle yeah, after yeah. every match. I mean, that's just my opinion because they need yes. to do a reset after this and get Voodoo Murders yeah. out of there. And I mean, they have been doing like a lot of angles, like well, not recently, but yeah, so like I'll, previously, like yeah, it was like. All yeah. Japan is raw. I mean, to basically. be fair, I would assume that we would have gotten some sort of angle with Nomura anyway on the show. Like, it's just that now he's actually going to be uh, on the Budokan show. But I always expected him to be on yeah. the Korokan. For sure. And so, yeah. So hopefully, uh, like, we will be... When we're back, we'll be talking yeah. about a very changed company. And hopefully that show... And hopefully the Korokan right. will have cheering. Now that New Japan had a cheering show and not Korokan. I don't know, because they've already put tickets on sale, and the tickets for that core can have actually moved pretty mm -hmm. decently. So I don't know if they can have for cheering or not. So we'll see. All right. So that's everything uh, for this week. We will be back again probably after the 22nd 
to talk about all of this, uh, all of these happenings. So uh, for Paul Vosch, I'm Gerard Detroit, and we'll see you in two weeks. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code OLDLINE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code OLDLINE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.